0: And uh, we want to read some. Can you in prayer for us? Amen. We're going to. Uh, how many? How many remembers the other night what I said about the uh, how how that we ought to pray in whose name? In the name of Jesus. And why do we pray in His name? Get rid of the devils. Make them flee. Make make them tremble at His name because. Uh, of all that resistance that he puts in, in against us. And so tonight I pray in the name of Jesus that God would rebuke any foul spirit, that God would come in and if there's anything that's worrying you and trouble in your heart and your mind, that there be a place in this service just for a little while that God would come in and he'd lift your burden, he'd bless your soul, he'd ease your worries and your mind and your troubles, to the place that you could stand up and shout glory to God, hallelujah, praise God. Would you like to feel like that tonight? Praise God, I tell you tonight, we can do that. We can certainly do that if we'll just rebuke the enemy of our soul. Let's stand to our feet one more time, praise God. Let's rebuke the enemy of our soul. Say, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Tonight, Lord, we ask you to come by. Touch every heart and every mind, Lord. God, give us a place of rest for a little while. Lord, in this service, God, we pray tonight, Lord, that you move with the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody else, praise God, has got enough boldness about you tonight to say in the name of Jesus, glory to God. Praise God. In who? Praise God. I'm going to tell you what. Every time you're saying that, I believe those devils are trembling right now. Glory to God. If you're meaning from your heart that you're wanting to get rid of the devil, praise God, in this service, in your home, in your mind, you can get rid of him. Amen. Praise God. By the name of Jesus, we can get rid of him. Praise God. If any time in this service you feel like you need to obey God, you just step right out and do it. Amen. Praise the Lord where he's got. We find in the book of Samuel, and uh, I, I probably didn't preach this a dozen times to myself, and uh, during the night time and up in the morning hours, and wake up Jim, and, and it'd be on my mind for several weeks, and uh, just going over and over and over, and I, I hope I haven't... Uh, as uh, old fellow says, it's like eating an orange, punching a hole in squeezing all the juice out of it. Hoping I hope they haven't got all the juice out of it. Yeah. But here in verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from, the, from before the Philistines and fell down, slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and his sons, and Philistines slew Jonathan, uh, Benadab, and Melchishua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, and he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. And uh, I want to go back to verse 3. And it said that he was sore wounded of the archers. And uh, what I want to try to preach on tonight, if the Lord to help us just for a little while, and we don't get so choked up, but we can't, praise God. I want to I preach about a thing called that trail of blood, a trail of blood, and and so we find here that here was a king that was first off wounded, and I believe that that wound produced an issue of blood where he stood, and uh, again this wound was at at a uh, in in such a way that he felt like that hit. It, it uh, handicapped him from defending himself. He was not able. Therefore, he took his own life and committed suicide there in the presence of his armor bearer and also his armor bearer did the same. And so all through the word of God, we can read about wounds. We can read about blood. We can read about several instances of these type of things. But uh, probably one of the most Known blood stories in the Word of God is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That's right. We can read about where those were uh, uh, in hopes to be chewed up by the lions. We have read about those that have uh, been put into the furnace hoping that they would burn. I mean, we can go on and go on and, and, and the horror types stories that seem to be in the Word of God. But when it begins to talk about blood and the meaning of blood, automatically Christian people focus on the the crucifixion and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. And I began to, uh, felt like the the Lord dealt with us, amen, on this. And I thought about how that sometimes that that we uh, hunters, uh, as I said, uh, there was one thing I heard in a bunch of old boys yesterday. I went to a sporting goods store and uh, for a little bit, and and I, I heard them talking about this nice light that you could get, and it would make up make the blood show up better than than on a trail when you wound a deer and and you got to track him for a while and you you just don't know where you're going to end up when you wound one and and that blood trail a. Uh, uh, Carry you through swamps and over rocks and through under fences. And by uh, I'm telling you, it'll go over the hill and under the hill and round the hill. You just don't know where you're going to end up when you get on a blood trail. But they were talking about this particular type of light. Some of you all may know more about it than I do, but said you could shine it and wear it on your head and shine it down, and it would give that, uh, uh, that blood a special illumination. That you could look at it and it make it easier for you to follow that deer. Eventually, hopefully, you're going to find him. And so we we know a little bit about tracking the blood trail. I can remember, and Bobby Dow probably we have we have uh, tracked a bunch of them, haven't we, Dow? Bobby Dow shot a deer in Bear Creek, Deep Bear Creek, years ago, and uh, he I heard his gun go off that morning way down in the mountain there. And uh, not bragging on him, but he's a he pretty fair shot. And he don't miss much. And uh, I knew his, where his little favorite hunting spot was at, a little gold mine he's got picked up there in the mountain. And uh, I don't know if he's got signs out in the mountains that says, Deer, detour, come this way. It looks like it has sometimes. They just seem like they want to come right through that area all the time. He's hunted for years and years. We hunted back when we was not much more than just boys when it down. And we've tracked a bunch of deer all over that mountain up there. But this one particular day, uh, we were sitting up on the mountain. I believe Jim had met, been with us, possibly. And uh, about noontime, he said, well, okay, we're going to meet at such and such place. About noontime, here he comes up through there. I said, uh, Dow, I said, uh, was that you that shot down there? Yeah. He said, I had a buck right on me. and I said, I, I fired his muzzleloader, wasn't it? said, I fired at that thing, what was it, about 25 yards, no more than that. And he said, you know, I shot at that thing, and I flat missed that deer. I said, I don't believe it. He said, I didn't find no blood. I said, I still don't care. I don't believe that you missed that deer. And we were sitting there, and I said, uh, I said you see that little spot out there, and it was about the same distance on that tree, a little white spot with a little dark spot in the middle. I said, fire at that spot and let's see what you do. Why, you, he drilled that thing. Just You went over there with a the hand drill, couldn't have drilled it any better. He drilled that thing. And I said, You did not miss that deer. You can shoot like that. Nothing's wrong with your gun. And I said, Let's go back down there and we're going to look and see if there did. He, he, he told me, and, and you could see right where the deer had been standing, Gerald, and there was the leaves tore up. And I said, Which way did it go from there? He said, It came right around here and stopped right there near that log. And uh, he said, while I was trying to get one in the gun, deer flighted off back around the mountain the holler and went somewhere. And I said, all right, then let me go up here and look. I went up there, and and, uh, just by accident, I looked to see where the deer was at, and on one little stick was one drop of blood, one drop of blood. That's all we found. And you can see where he tore up the leaves, do he? And we, went, we went to follow those hoof prints around to there and the leaves. Next thing we know, we found a big puddle of blood and another puddle of blood and another. He got to getting bigger and bigger, and we knew he was wounded bad because he was going down the mountain. He wasn't making no journeys up. And uh, he started down that mountain, and we followed him plumb off down into the bottom of Bear Creek. And all of a sudden, the blood trail just stopped, just like that. And we still found no deer. He'd already bled enough to die. Should have already been dead, but we couldn't find him. We looked to the best that we could, and we'd done looked for a long time. And I believe it was it's the next day you went in there, and probably just a, uh, not far from where where we stopped looking. He went down, and he bedded down, over, fell over in some laurels or rhododendrons there, and there lay his buck. What was that, a six-pointer? Uh, and uh, But anyhow, we followed that blood trail And we have, we have looked for them through swamps And we have went through places we had to get down on our bellies And crawl through and get, come out, scratched all And there's been a few places we couldn't get through And one would go around to the other side of the thicket And we'd hold that spot Said you go around that side and see if you can find the blood trail You know what, we was determined to find what we was looking for and the only way we knew to do it was following that blood trail. And when I think about Jesus, I think about that. And I begin to think about the crucifixion of Jesus. And I never thought about this until I began to let the Spirit of God deal with my heart and my mind. We, we have three elements of, uh, uh, of Jesus' crucifixion. We find that he has stripes, he has wounds, and there's a thing called blood. And we find here in the First uh, Peter chapter two. I'll I'll not read the whole thing. I'll read verse twenty-four, verse two and twenty-four. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body and on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. Praise God. So we look at the at the sufferings of Jesus, and I've realized tonight that. Uh, uh, when they beat him with those, uh, with that whip and they scourged him, no doubt uh, in my mind, those stripes was laid on him for our healing, not for our salvation, not for our salvation, but he was whipped he was uh, striped with that whip only for our healing by his stripes that we are healed. We go to the next word and it talks about his wound Isaiah. 53 and 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Again, we look here and we find out that his wounds, it didn't say that he died. It said that his wounds... He suffered the beatings and the wounds in his body because of the sins that we have committed in our life. And not only us, but everybody else, praise God. Amen. The punishment of sin was the beatings and the, and, and the, and the suffering that his flesh did prior to his death. All the time that he was suffering through the beatings and through the being wounded and so forth. We find that he said here... He was just wounded for our transgression, meaning transgressions are sins. Transgressions are things that uh, we have broken commandments of God. So every time that I broke a commandment of God, and every time that I ever sinned in my life, when Jesus was still yet alive and they wounded him, they beat him. Every one of those beatings and suffering, it was because I placed that on him, and you placed that on him. Because he did it and he took every bit of that so that we would not have to suffer and the punishment of the beatings and the wounds. Amen. Praise God. But after we look at the stripes and we look at the wounds, we still see there's yet more to be done. Being wounded was not enough to cleanse us from sin. Being wounded and beaten, though his stripes were healed, and though those wounds that he suffered and those beatings, and, and, and all of those were, were, were for a purpose, but yet there was still yet a work undone. And there needed to be yet more done than just wounds and more. He could have been wounded and got healed of his wounds. He could have been beaten and eventually been released and was, that all would have been there would just been the scar for the beating. But I'm going to tell you what, there was yet a third work needed to be done. Not just the, him taking that uh, wounds upon him for our, our disobedience and the stripes that we we're healed, but he looks back and the, God looks down. There's yet one more thing. Man needs forgiveness of their sin. Praise God. Wounds won't forgive man of our sin. Beating him nearly to death, they lo- he'll not bring forgiveness of his sin. But what will bring forgiveness of the sin is the shedding of blood, praise God. That's not just that suffering, but his life must, he must lose his life. Life must uh, go out of him, and he must die a a horrible death because he must become a sacrifice for sin. Amen. He said here in Hebrews, he said, and almost all things are by the law, purse. With blood, and without the shedding of blood, is no remission, which means forgiveness of sin. He could have had every bit of that done, but until that blood began to life go out of him there on Calvary, of all the different things that happened to him, uh, we we we're going to go back and we're going to trace his story from the garden all the way to Calvary. And I want to tell you tonight when we begin to look at a blood trail. And I saw this like I've never seen it. Never heard it preached in this fashion before. But uh, nothing new, probably somebody has. But I want to tell you one thing tonight. There had to be the shedding of the blood for you to feel. How many ever felt the power of God? How many feels like it's your sins have been forgiven? You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know how you got that? It's not the strife. It's not the wounds but it was the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ that purges us, that cleanses us from all sin, praise God. Every last bit of it. Amen. And so we find in Luke chapter 22, Jesus goes into the garden to pray prior to his arrest. And as he goes there into the mountain and garden to pray, he begins to... uh, uh, pray and he told them here he said and when he was at the place he said unto them talking about his disciples that followed them he said pray you pray that ye enter not into temptation and Jesus after he told them that he went just about a stone's cast and he knelt down I mean he was, he was still in hearing distance wasn't he you, if you throw a rock about as far as you can throw it and a man get down and start praying you're going to be able to hear what he's praying aren't you Amen. But while Jesus was just about a stone's cast away, he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, my will, not my will, but thine be done. And said, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in the agony, he prayed more earnestly. I'm telling you, he prayed this prayer. But because of the stress that was on him, because it wasn't, it wasn't that he was afraid to die. He wasn't afraid of the soldiers. He wasn't afraid of nobody. He didn't have to be. But there was a weight of sin that was placed on him. And there was a responsibility that he must carry all the way to Calvary. He knew that it was going to take more than strife. He knew that it was going to take more than just being wounded. That he would have to give up his life for mankind. And as he looked at that and knew in advance, he said, Father, if it be your will, could you let it just sort of slide on by? But he praised God, not my will be done, but thy will. And I'm going to tell you tonight, we'll never get anywhere with God until we can pray that same prayer. Not my will be done, but thy will be done, Lord. Lord, how you want it done, and as he began to pray, and he said, and that angel from heaven appeared to him, no doubt he was becoming physically weak. Mental stress was working on him. But it said that angel strengthened him. And the more the angel strengthened him, he prayed more of the earnest in prayer. And don't know what all he prayed, but he prayed so hard that the Bible said. And his sweat was were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And I find that uh, I, I did some research on this, and there was a, a medical examiner in New York, and uh, I'm not much on clinical terms, but it's called hema, hematohidrosis. And that is an area around the sweat glands where there's blood vessels, and under great pressure and stress, there has been cases where literally blood would ooze out of people's uh, arteries and their, uh, and their arms and their, their sweat glands and it would actually crest, carrying the weight of the world upon them and praying in the garden tell me that that ain't stressful tell me that won't make the sweat become like great drops of blood but as I watched and could see him in my mind I tell you what I could about make a movie of what I've seen and I don't think the Lord allowed but if I can make a movie of what I've seen i tell you what, I could, I could uh, be a millionaire overnight. But I saw him a praying, and I saw him a getting down to business. And, uh, you know, you see these pictures of him uh, knelt down at a rock, and he just sort of up like this and looking up. I don't believe they've captured it. I don't believe they can put the stress and the strain that was up on him. I believe his head was down, his head was up. I believe he prayed till he probably didn't hardly have a voice to even talk. But the more he prayed, the more stress and more sweat, and the sweat became his blood. And I believe all around where his head and the sweat dripped off of him, I believe there was a trace of blood on the ground. I believe where his knees knelt down, and no doubt where that blood and that sweat ran down around the places in the sand or in the dirt pile, I believe there was blood stained on the ground. And after he prayed a while, praise God, he goes back. What does he do? He finds them what? Just asleep. They were just asleep. They were just a stone's cast away. And yet here was a man that was praying his heart out. Here was a man that was giving it everything that a body a human body possibly could ever give in prayer. You can't pray no harder than that, and he was giving it everything he had. But we find in that spot, if anybody the next day would make a journey through that garden and they just walk up a path, all of a sudden they come up to a spot and they see a place where it looks like blood's been on the ground. They may wonder and scratch your head, wonder what's happened here. Wonder who was wounded here. What they probably didn't know. Maybe if it would be possible that it would ever happen. Didn't realize that there was a son of God had just knelt there in that place. If they had only knew that it had been the son of God, i tell you what they'd have done. They'd, they'd have built a fence around that place where he prayed. they had made altars around it. they had been getting worship. they had even took up the dirt with the blood in it and sold it for a great price. If they just only knew what that spot contained was the blood of the son of God. Amen. And so we find here he was arrested and uh, he comes out and they come up and they arrest him he's carried away to Annas and uh, over there uh, the father-in-law of the high priest and he makes his way and his path down and he's uh, uh, Annas sends him uh, to Caiaphas the high priest and this is where Simon was warming himself and he was there and said said are you not one of his disciples he denied it no, I'm not one of those. But I still believe here that, that Jesus, no doubt, after that sweat had become like great drops of blood, I believe that there was still perspiration on him. I believe that when they arrested him, there was still the, the, the uh, blood, Jim, that was the residue that was still up on his arms and his fingers and his face where his blood, had, uh, sweat had run down like great drops of blood but it seemed like it never got anybody's attention. You know, tonight we can preach about Jesus Christ. We can talk about hell. It don't seem like it gets people's attention anymore much, yeah. does it? Praise God. I'm going to tell you tonight, there's some churches have taken out the blood song out, out of their little song book. They don't allow the preaching They ever preach nothing. You cannot use the word blood in your sermon. Amen. I want to tell you tonight, when we take the blood out, there's no trail to follow. But as they have him here, we find in John chapter 19, Jesus now is sent to Pilate. And the Bible said, and they scourged him, which meant they beat him. The soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And, with, uh, and they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went again and said unto him I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe and Pilate said unto him behold the man. Could I tell you tonight I want you to get a picture of tonight. When they began to beat him and beat his back and beat his body every time that they beat him. uh, Historians say that because of the, uh, of the articles and the bone fragments and the rock fragments within the whip platted him, every time they scourged him and whipped him, that there was nothing but chunks of flesh that came out. And can you imagine that his back and his body, blood running down at that place where, where he stood? I don't believe that Jesus even flinched. You say he never felt it. I believe he felt it, don't you? But I believe when he stood there, he didn't just uh, 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 try to run off and get away from it. But I believe he stood there boldly and took everything that they were able to lay up on him. But every time it was there, blood was a flying out of his body. Blood was a running down. And I can see right where they beat him. Then the blood running down his legs, Jim, and down around his ankles and around his toes. And he began to puddle up on the ground again. But yet there was those there that never noticed that there was blood coming. Amen. Never paid no attention to the blood Praise God And it said here And they put those thorns upon him And uh, I know we've seen pictures But uh, not just that alone But I've seen a few uh, uh, Paintings And the thorns uh, But I can see those thorns As they put that thorn That crown of thorns I believe they shoved it on his head What do y'all think? I believe they forced it into his skull. I believe those thorns penetrated the skin and the scalp of him. And I believe that blood began to ooze out, run down into his eyes to where he couldn't see. He was a horrible mess to look upon. There was no beauty found in him. But yet that blood again, mingled with the blood that he had uh, lost from the beating, he had again run down upon the ground. And if he even went up to wipe his eyes, Get the blood out of it. I can see the blood up on his fingers and up on his hands as he began to wipe his face to where he could just focus with his eyes again. Could you imagine tonight all of that blood that was being shed? It went somewhere, praise God. Amen. And as he went forth, amen, and every time, every time, no matter where they stood him, Gerald, I believe if he walked five feet this way, there was a little trail of blood that went over there. And wherever he stopped that, it was like that old deer when he'd stop, and that blood would be just a little bigger puddle of blood and after a little while. But oh, all of those that were looking, if they re- could have realized what was in the blood and what the blood was done, I tell you what they'd have done, they'd have come by him a- bagging it up and a- holding on to it They'd have put it in a sack And they'd have kept it for ages And every time they got sick They'd have anointed somebody with the blood of Jesus Glory to God But they saw there was no importance in it And tonight we have a world That sees that there's no importance In serving God They don't recognize God They do not honor God Amen Not at all But we look here And uh, as, as he is Uh Uh Beaten and smoking, uh, smitten here, we look at and they again, as I said, they, they plait this and put it up on him. But you know what? We find them taking him and he starts carrying a cross. Could you imagine? He's already been under emotional stress, he's already been so stressful his blood came like drops of blood. He's been beaten nearly half to death. And yet he's required to carry a heavy cross. And I could see those men that pick up that cross and they lay it down on him and maybe their hand Gerald is up under the bottom of that cross. Maybe their hand touches his back. And I look at the back of their hand when they lay that cross down upon him. Praise God. I see them getting blood on the arms and Blood on their hands. Everywhere they touched Jesus, they got blood on them. And I saw that cross as they lay here across his back and his shoulder. I seen blood oozing into the wood fibers. I seen that wood absorbing the blood of Jesus Christ. And as he began to try to carry that cross up the up to Calvary, his body becomes weak and they recognize it. And they call on a man Says, say, Hey, you go and you carry the cross. You help him. You assist him. And I can just see him going over. I don't know exactly how he carried it. But if he just got up under a portion of it or if he put the whole thing on him. But I believe that when he grabbed the whole of that cross somewhere thereabout, his hands got blood on them. I believe his clothes began to get bloody from the blood of Jesus Christ. It was nothing more than right straight through the street where probably drugged that cross I could see a little ferret in the sand and the dirt coming through and Jesus in front of the cross and, and his uh, 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 walking and, and his blood shedding to the ground. I could see the, the, the edge of the cross apart in the sand and spreading where he had bled down the road. Amen. I could see that and I saw a crowd gather around and following him. Nobody hardly seemed to be aware that there was blood in the streets. Nobody noticed much about the blood on the cross. But they did not recognize if they could have only seen the value of what they were doing. But if a person was wanting to follow that blood trail, they could follow it on up. They finally get it up to the place called Golgotha. And when they get it there, I can see him laying that cross off of him and as he lays that cross down for Jesus to be planted on it, I look at two soldiers possibly going over and being rough as they probably were, grabbing a hold of him, laying him down on that cross. No doubt when they grabbed him by the arms, they have blood on them. No doubt they got probably blood on them and if they do like most people does wipe it off they lay him down and I don't know how many it took and I don't know how many was involved but I could see Jesus as he was being spread out there and his hands laid side to side and his feet I can see him call for a man with a hammer and spikes and I can see that man as, as, as that Jesus lays there and the, the, the cross making an imprint in the sand. I can see that. Praise God. And down by the edge of that cross, I see blood dripping from his sides. I see blood dripping on the ground, on the outline of that cross. As Jesus, before he's ever the first spike is ever placed in him. I see it over here at this arm, a place off the side of the wood that the blood has run down on the wood to the ground, and I see that man with that big hammer and that spike. He kneels down beside of that cross. He takes that spike. Can you imagine what happened? I don't believe, with Mike, it took three licks. I believe one good lick and it was through. I believe when that spike nail penetrated his hand, I could see that blood. Every time his heart beat. I saw the blood splatter up on the man that was holding his left hand if he was right handed. I saw the blood up on his left hand and I saw the blood on the spike I saw the blood on the head of the hammer as he began to drive and he goes over to the next hand in like manner same thing and it's getting bloodier all the time he goes to his feet and he puts the spike in in his feet and nails him there and yet there seems to be at all three points more blood and more blood and finally they raise that cross up and some suggest some theologians suggest they probably dropped it in a hole. Just suggested. And probably when they dropped that, yet there was blood that started dripping off. And as he's hung between heaven and earth, there was no doubt blood ran out of his feet and began to puddle upon the ground around that cross. No doubt where his arm struck out over on the side, Jim, it just dripped. It dripped on the ground and began to puddle up. Amen. We see a place in the time there that they pierced him in the side. Somebody tell me what gushed out. Came forth what? Water and blood. Amen. And uh, you talk about a horrible sight. But if a man was wanting to find, look, come look and say, Hey, have you seen Jesus? Yeah, last time we saw him. When he left that upper room, him and a couple of disciples or so went over here next to the mountain, went over there. You might find him over there. Maybe they wouldn't have known that he'd been crucified, but they were looking for him, let's just suggest. And they go over there, Alan, and all of a sudden, they find that bloody spot where he prayed that night. They find where no doubt he walked up to the place to where he was arrested and found just drops here and there. And they look, and they begin to look like we do for those deer. And we begin to go through there. If it's late in the evening, we get the flashlight or whatever. Gerald, and we begin to look. And all of a sudden, they say, hey, it's it's, it's taking us down here to this guy's house. And then they get down there, and they say, wait a minute. I see another trail going over here. And they follow it over here to Pilate's place. And I tell you what, they even take him over to see the king. Amen. And he trails him right on back. And they begin to look in the street they say, "Hey, that blood trail's going up through here it's going up through here, and finally they reach that place and after it's all said and done, they look there and there seems to be like where somebody has died there's there's an old cross that's been taken down and blood all over the ground and uh But it seemed like nobody's hardly paying any attention to the blood of Jesus Christ. Tonight, I don't know if you can follow that blood trail. But I believe tonight that we need to follow that blood trail all the way to Calvary. And when we get to Calvary, we need to ask the question, What have you done with Jesus, glory to God? Praise God. Where have you taken my Lord? We follow him to a place of a cave and a tomb. And we like those that go there that morning, early in the morning, and they look, ain't nobody in here. And all I see here is some old grave clothes left. What's happened to him? Where did he go? And tonight, are we on a real blood trail or not? Praise God. I'm glad tonight when I was just a young boy that I followed, but I didn't see it anyway. But, oh, and I still can't tell you all my imagination saw, but I saw it just as real, as real as it could be. Amen. I saw those that followed him up that street walking in those little specks of blood, and, and I could see it if they were wearing sandals. I could see that blood sticking to the bottom of their sandals if they only had known what they had. If they only realized that it, it was by the shedding of his blood that they could be saved. And tonight, I've just wanted to give you what I saw and how I feel about it. Amen. I hate that Jesus had to suffer like he did. I wished it hadn't been that way, but since he did, I want to take advantage of it, don't you? Amen. If somebody would you sing it, uh, uh, that song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. Praise God. Does everybody stand, if you will? This altar's open for anybody if you have a need tonight to pray. Praise God, it's open for you.
1: no, no other fountain. No, nothing but the blood of Jesus for my pardon. This I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing. This my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Naught of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, no other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus This is all My hope and peace Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, this is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus.
0: Oh,
1: precious is the flow that makes me white. What is snow? No. no, 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 no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood of Jesus What oh, can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Oh, that makes me white as snow No other fault I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Nothing can for sin atone Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow, oh, no other Blood of Jesus What can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, what can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus Now, no I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood. About the blood I see nothing but the blood of Jesus, for my cleansing is my plea. White as snow, no other mouth I know, nothing but the love.